0: Hi, everybody. Dennis Gebhardt here with Guru Nation, welcoming you to another episode of Guru In Your Ear, along with my teaching partner, Max Macciano. Max, how are you, brother?
1: I'm great. How are you,
0: Dennis? Very good. Very good. So look, today, um, I think we need to address... uh, We get lots of questions asking us about what's the difference between permanent color, demi-permanent color, and toners. And so... um, I think we should try to address that and help our fellow professionals kind of understand it a little bit more. Uh, but here's the thing we're only on here for a few minutes, so I, I'm not sure how many parts this will be, but we'll call this part one. <laughs> yes,
1: I love this idea. Uh,
0: and so and first of, let, let's talk about the commonalities, first of all. So, yes. if, if I were to ask you, what are the commonalities that permanent, demi permanent, and toners? that they, they share, what would you say that those are?
1: Um, the first commonality that I think they all, well, I don't think, I know they all sh- share in common is they contain dyes.
0: Yes. And there are two
1: main kinds of dyes we use in our industry. The first ones we call oxidative dyes. Those are the ones that actually have to react with developer in order to make them develop. Mm-hmm. And then there are direct dyes, which are those pre-formed, pre-colored dyes that are sometimes added to, you know, permanent color, demi-permanent color and toners for additional vibrancy or control of warmth.
0: Right, right. You know, yeah. just
1: as an added bonus. Yeah.
0: There. So, so they all share dyes and there's only two types of dyes. Right. And so yeah, the similarities between these products are getting very close. You know, there's not a lot of wide separation. And right. um, if they have a developer, then they're, they must have um, oxidative dyes in them. Yes. And here's what we know about oxidative dyes. They have to be stored in an alkaline base, because if you don't store them in an alkaline base, they will degrade or what we call oxidize. So Mm -hmm. they must all have some degree of alkalinity to them.
1: Absolutely. Which brings us to the second thing that
0: all three of these products
1: have in common is they will have an alkalizer. They will have something that creates that alkaline environment in the tube or bottle to preserve those dyes. The other thing that the alkalizer does across all these products is it also creates an alkaline environment when the product is mixed with developer and applied to the hair so that the hair responds to that alkalinity swells so that it literally kind of opens up so that the those guys we just talked about can get inside the hair and do what they're supposed to do
0: and you know there's something else that's happening simultaneously with that oxygen is being released that's part of that process so the the developer is releasing oxygen without oxygen we would not have dye development so those dyes require that release of oxygen so they're all really there's an alkaline environment you know at, at different levels of alkalinity um they're using a developer, there's a release of oxygen, and that's right. required in order to to get dye development. So we're still really similar in all yeah. three product types.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you know the, and the same chemical process is happening between these you know three products, right? We're mixing the color. Whether it's permanent, demi, or a toner from the bottle or tube mm-hmm. with some kind of developer, or you know, in the case like lots of demi permanent colors, like to give their um, developers special special names, names like
0: yeah, energizer, <laughs> releaser, um, protonizer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you look
1: at the back of the the bottle on the ingredient deck, you're going to see hydrogen peroxide.
0: Yeah, well, you know, so, nice, nice and easy that they can buy on the drugstore. They mm-hmm. use White Essence Activating Solution. That's their name for that That's developer. So, <laughs> so, 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 so what I'm seeing here is that we as professionals and artists we picture in our mind a huge difference between all three of these types of colors, Mm -hmm. but with what we're discussing here right now, there's not that big of a difference that the difference is, I would assume the difference would be in the type of alkalizer that's used, uh, the ratio of alkalizer in a solution. Yeah. And, um, And where the product actually works in the hair. Right. And and I think that's why uh, so many of us misunderstand and we give these products credit for what they really don't deserve credit for. We say, well, this product doesn't lighten hair. Well, if it has an alkalizing agent in it, even a mild alkalizing agent that makes the pH higher than the Optimum pH for hair, which is 4.5 to 5.5, there is a possibility that this could create what we call tonal shift in the hair. Yeah, absolutely. You know, depending on hair texture, maybe or how long you let it process, or how you do the application, whether you whether you apply it in the chair, whether you apply it at the shampoo bowl. All of those variables, again, we're back to variables, again, make a huge difference in how the product develops and primarily where it develops.
1: Absolutely.
0: So other than that, all the other basic color skills are involved. We still have to understand that the hair is going to contribute part of the result. We have to understand that we're still doing a chemical service. It still is a chemical service, even at the lowest, the pH that we call neutral, 7. So it's still higher than the natural optimum pH for the hair. So we are doing a chemical service, and we have to treat it as a chemical service. So so there's certain post-color protocols that we still have to follow through on. And
1: and Dennis, just as like a... For our visual listeners, you know, I think the, a, a way that we can really kind of put it all into comparison between these three products is you could have a Cadillac, you could have a Corvette, and you could have a Hyundai. And they're all cars, but, you know, the Corvette's got the biggest, fastest engine. It's built for speed. You know, the Cadillac is more of a luxury type of car. And, you know, the, the Hyundai is a, you know, economy car, but they're all still cars. They have different features and benefits, but they still essentially get you from point A to point B. And with these hair coloring products, you know, whether it's a permanent hair color, a demi-permanent hair color or a toner, they all color the hair at the end of the day.
0: That's great. That's great. So let's recap what we've just talked about so far. Okay. Okay. So we know that, you know, all three of them contain dyes. That's right. There's only two types of dyes. Those that require a developer and those that do not. Right. Yeah. They all have alkalizing agents in them. There are really only three alkalizing agents. Three. We can get, in that, get into that in the next episode. And um, they all have to be in an alkaline state before they're mixed with the developer, unless they're a direct dye. Right. They all function at a higher pH than the optimum pH for hair. And Absolutely. so they're all really, really very similar. They, they depend on a release of oxygen in order to develop the dyes even from the lowest uh, strength processing solution, our developer. And so those are really the high points uh, of this episode. So I would say, let's get ready. Let's dig in. Everybody tune in to episode number two. And I think the first thing we should address in episode number two is maybe permanent hair color. How do you feel about that? Let's do it. All right, everybody, we'll see you on episode number two. Thank you for listening.